Welcome to episode number 56 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. In this week's episode, I've got an interview for you with Tiffany Gibson, who's the founder of New Nurse Academy. Some of you know her because you've seen her in Oprah Daily Magazine, Ebony Magazine, maybe Business Insider. You may be one of her 20,000 followers on Instagram. You may be somebody who has participated in one of her, her groups or been educated by her on Two Cents with Tiff. She's fantastic. And, uh, and she's really changing, I think, the work that we do as nurses because she challenges nurses to uh, become curious, confident, and really the critical thinkers uh, and leaders of our industry by using emotional intelligence. So I wanted to interview Tiff and really share, number one, what she's doing, but number two, get a better sense of how she got started and and really uh, how she's using her skills in a what I would call a non-traditional way. Tiff has been in a variety of roles, and she really is somebody who, in my opinion, takes what she has and uses it to her advantage. Uh, and uh, so I wanted to interview her. She's got some wonderful pearls in addition to the fact that she's a lovely human and she's a joy to talk to. Uh, But I want to uh, share this episode and I want you to take some notes and just really pay attention to her energy in this interview and how she comes across. Because one of the things that you will learn about Tip is when you encounter her, her energy is of a calm, confident, and powerful place. So so take some notes, listen up, and uh, let's get to work. All right. Oh, Tiff, I'm so glad that you're here and um, welcome Tiffany Gibson to this Nurse Living the Good Life podcast. It's exciting to have you here. Number one, because I just think you're quite a brilliant and amazing human. And I love watching what you do online and just being witness to it. And, um, and I'm so glad that you're here because I, I want you to share a little bit more about uh, or share in general, kind of what you do, number one. And then number two, I want you, if you are willing to just share a little bit about how you got started on to kind of where you are today, which is managing, you know, uh, you got family, we got full-time job, we got business, we got people working in the business and it's been incredible to watch you and, um, and, and learn from you also, by the way. So thank you for that. But start off first, please, by just introducing yourself and telling people a little bit of flavor about you and what you do now. And then we're going to really dive into how you got here. Absolutely. So I'm Tiffany Gibson, and I like to say I'm your favorite educator's favorite educator. I I feel like I was born to help take complex situations and just simplify it for people so that they can make informed decisions. Really, that's my mission in life. And before I became a nurse, I had a degree in public health and was doing health education and sex education and got into nursing because I wanted to help people, um, help people in their most vulnerable time. So I am a certified pediatric nurse. And along the way, um, I became a clinical instructor after becoming a single mom. And for most nurses, I feel like majority of nurses have at least a side something just because our schedules are flexible. So it was really easy for me to pick up being a clinical instructor because that was like one shift out of the week. And I'm already working 312s at night and I loved it. And with being a clinical instructor, my students wanted me to tutor them and to help them pass their finals, their midterms, their exams and the NCLEX. And so I created New Nurse Academy so that they can pay me for my time 
and not pay me as their professor because that would have been a conflict of interest. And that's really how I started the business. It was really to create a way for me to be compensated for my extra time without getting fired for taking money from the students. But as I- Brilliant tip. Brilliant idea, by the way. Excellent. Yeah, I didn't didn't wake up saying, I want to be a business owner. I didn't wake up that way. I never had that entrepreneurial spirit but I've always wanted to say, let me help you. Like there's a better way to learn about, you know, ABGs. There's a, there's a better way to do med calc. There's a bit like, let me just show you. And so I wanted to be compensated for my time because, you know, I'm worth something. And so that's why I created New Nurse Academy. And that's why the name is New Nurse Academy, um, just because I was helping students. But then as my students past school and past the NCLEX, they circled back and kept in touch. But then I noticed that they were having difficulty with onboarding and orientation. And simultaneously, I was growing as a nurse. I got my master's in education and I was really focused on orientation and onboarding at my facility at the time. So why not offer the same services to them that I was doing in-house? And so my services grew. I created a um, community called the Personal Preceptor Club for um, new and student nurses. And then I continued to develop and I did a lot of professional development and became certified as a nurse professional development specialist. And then that kind of like opened up the doors for me and my business. Again, I never had like an entrepreneurial spirit. I really just wanted to help nurses become better nurses. And as I grew and learned about um, myself, my self-awareness, emotional intelligence came into play, Mm -hmm. human design came into play. And that was all my personal development that I then created content for, for my clients and the people who are familiar with my business. And so that's what I do now. It's really just me helping nurses be the best nurses they can be. And that is mixing a little bit of the personal and the professional development altogether. So you're, how, how long have you been in business? Like when did you officially start new nurse Academy? 2018 officially had like LLC tax number, but I've been tutoring since 2017. So 2018 and, um, and then so, so currently, so currently you offer, you continue to offer new nurse Academy and do you continue to offer personal preceptor club? No. So I have okay. downsized so much. My business has gone through so many reiterations. When I first started out, I was doing one-on-one tutoring and NCLEX prep. And then I transitioned to just NCLEX prep. And then, um, I added on the personal preceptor club. And then I took away the NCLEX prep (laughs) and started started doing webinars. I did a lot of webinars for a few years of um, emotional intelligence, professional development, crisis management, like so so different pieces of content I would do one-off webinars for. And then I started to say, all right, there needs to be a little bit more of a cadence with how I offer my content. And now that I'm really in love with emotional intelligence, how can I build a curriculum around that and offer that? So then I packaged that up and had a subscription community where I was offering that. And then my speaking engagements increased as well, because now I'm talking about something that's not common in nursing, which is 
personal development in nursing and what that looks like and emotional intelligence in nursing and what that looks like from the staff nurse to the manager and the director. Um, I also became certified in diversity, equity, and inclusion in healthcare specifically. And so that is something new that I offered. So different opportunities came up for me to do trainings, workshops, and speaking engagements. And then I packaged my curriculum on emotional intelligence. So right now, as of today, um, I offer a community for nurses called Change of Shift, where all these things are being talked about, but it's under one umbrella. Before I had three separate things going on, one for student nurses, one for new nurses, and one for advanced nurses. Um, And now it's all combined because All those different levels of nursing needs to be in the same room to learn and talk to each other. And I realized that I had them in silos, which didn't help the conversation because then I had to be the one facilitating all the conversation because I am the subject matter expert. But if you have a nurse manager in the same room as a student nurse, then they can have conversations amongst themselves. And so I have that one community now, change of shift, and then I offer speaking and training and workshops, and then one-to-one consultation for high-level um nursing business. So if you have a business and you want to create education in your business, then I offer um, content creation on how to have uh, effective communication. And I offer contact hours for that as well. Okay. Um, Where did Oprah come in? So I don't know because I didn't call her and I don't know her. In in 2019 at the, no, not 2019. 2020, 2021, something like that. I feel like the last three years has been one. I feel like after 2019, it's now 2023. Everything else has just been a smorgasbord, right? Uh-huh. Somewhere in there, I received an email from um <laughs> from Oprah Daily magazine saying that they wanted to highlight me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Like, uh-huh. whatever. I get a lot of emails from people who want to co- quote unquote collaborate, do business. Okay, whatever. And the email came from whoever the Hearst, the parent company of the magazine. And they were doing this feature with Prudential um, Financial Services about people who were making impact in their community. And I want to say this is probably 2020, 2021, because the pandemic was still raging. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the email and I responded and it was just like, oh, it sounds interesting. Can you tell me more? And it it seems legit. And I guess the lady can tell that I was hesitant because she said, let's hop on a call. Like, let's hop on a call. Let's talk. And we talked and it was legit. Okay. And in the, I have no clue how they found me. I didn't put myself out there. Um, and I always say when you're, when your head is down and you're doing the work and you're aligned with what you do, people will find you like your vibe will attract your tribe. And I really was just minding my business and they came over and and they had a really good, um, journalist who talked to me about community and impact and being a nurse and business owner. And that is what the article is about. And I highlighted my relationship with Ernice Williams, who was a lawyer and a nurse and my best friend. And so they called her and they got her in the article as well. And that's how we were featured. That's amazing. Wait, now, how did you meet Ernice? Ernice was my client. Ernice reached out to me for a one-on-one consultation to help her have a social media presence. 
And that's how Ernice and I, we, we got connected. So she became my client. She had two sessions with me. And then I retained her as my business lawyer because I was doing a lot of speaking engagements and wanted someone to look at my agreements and my contracts and things like that. Yeah. And we kind of hit it off. We just had really good synergy and energy and we kept in touch and it was very formal in the beginning. And we just, we just hit it off. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, well, I want to challenge what you said a little bit because, you know, here you are, you're like, I just put my head down and, and you, we just started this entire conversation. You're like, well, I started with new nurse academy. Then I did Pearson Breeze every time. And now I'm doing change and shift. And like, you know, I see that, yes, you put your head down and you doing the work and you've also created the success. You're like, I did a lot of webinars for a lot of years. Like, and you created this the success and I think growth that you have experienced, right? You can't get where you are without putting in the time and the effort and all the failures, all the failures, all the, the wins, you know, uh, that, I mean, like that's what it takes, I think, to get along in business and to iterate and to, you know, I mean, it's like entrepreneurship 101. If you don't think you're going to change your business a million times between now and two years from now, like, you know, this may not be good, a good fit for you. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. I guess you're right. <laughs> yes, you did. You created all of that. You can't just like wind up because weren't you featured in Forbes too? I think it's a Forbes. I was, I was featured yeah. in Forbes 40 under 40. I've had a couple of big things. And Wait a minute. You were in Forbes 40 under 40. I need I to see when, how did I, I get Forbes? Last year. It no. was Business Insider, Forbes Business Insider, 40 under 40. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. I I need to look this up. <laughs> uh, can, I, can you send me a link? I will put it in the show notes and make sure that we, we blast it. Um, oh my God, that's, a, that's amazing. And of course you were. Because you created it. Yeah, I, so, okay. I'm, I'm, let, me, let me not play the humble card. I know that I'm a big deal, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I know that. There we go. Come on. I know that I I know that I'm a big deal and I know that I'm great at what I do. I I don't do it for the accomplishments and I don't do it for the accolades. I'm really trying to change the culture of nursing and I'm really trying to make impact the best way that I know how that fits my energy and that fits me being a mom of two small kids. And I still want to go on vacation and I still want to party. And I, you know, like act like I'm single, you know, like I still want to do all those things. Yeah. Um, However, I know that this is what I was meant to do because it flows so easy and natural for me, which I think is why I'm getting the attention and I'm getting the accolades because it doesn't look like I'm faking it because I'm not. I'm very genuine and it, my energy exudes. And so people see that. Um, So I say I'm humble in the beginning because I am not that person who is doing it, hoping that people see it. I'm doing it just knowing that people will come. Yeah. You know, um, people will come. I don't have ads. I am not out there crazy. I don't call myself an influencer. I don't even call myself a content creator. I literally have a thought and I put it on social media and I go about my business and it takes off. Right. Um, and then within my community, I know that I'm doing the right thing because of the referrals right? People are coming to me because they know of the work that I've done with other people. Same thing with my speaking engagements. 
I'm, I am not pitching at all. People are coming to me because of the work that I've done with other people. And so, yeah, I'm the shit. Um, yep. but, <laughs> but I literally, I'm literally just living life and just going about things how I normally would. Yeah. Well, I think it's a lot of attraction. Yes. Yes. I mean, yes. you put it out and, you know, you will see that, you know, you attract, I think what you create and, and, uh, and that energy is contagious. It is. Um, oh yeah, it is. And you created it. I think there's, it's interesting. I think it's like the piece of, I don't know if sometimes it's the old piece of like a little bit of like playing small or just not owning that, you know, power mm. because it's a, you know, it's like a, I don't know if there's a, um, you know, if I don't know, I won't speak for anybody else, but I know I have some, you know, belief systems and a little bit of conditioning around, you know, power and, and what it means to be powerful, um, mm-hmm. right. And owning, stepping into a very powerful role. Um, mm-hmm. and I, my premise is that, you know, it's like, it's hard to be a leader if you are not willing to be a leader of yourself, right? Like you, it, and it takes stepping into your own power in order to become a person, of power and thus, you know, the, the results that flow out of that are influence, connection, yes. creation, um, yes. opportunity, positivity, like hopeful, you know, a lot, of, a lot stems from that, but it starts with that first step. So yeah, okay. tell me, um, tell me, uh, this, where is your, where, where do you have plans to kind of take your business between now and let's say the next five years from now? What's on the radar? So the biggest thing for me is um, taking my my nurse leader accelerator, which is a four month course that I have. And I love that you have another one. You're like, oh yeah, I also have this one. <laughs> I do. I do. So I have a four month course um, for emerging and current nurse leaders called the Nurse Leader Accelerator. I only offer it once a year um, because it's four months and it's intense. And it basically breaks down leadership, like organizational development and change and leadership, but it marries that with human design and emotional intelligence. And it's it's intense. It is. It's four months and it's it's coursework and, and all that other stuff. And um I was it's trademarked and it was approved by the State Board of Nursing in California. Congrats. And so my thank you. My goal is to take that and run with it, like create a book create curriculum for nursing schools and have that just be what new nurse Academy is known for. Okay. It's really developing leaders, which is one of the reasons why I took my current job right now as a nurse manager, because my role is new, um, which is, it's, it's like your role is new. Yeah. My role as a nurse manager for um, the primary care sites for this health system that I, that I work for, it's new. All they had was the um, lead physician and the site manager, like the office manager. And they had nurses and they had charge nurses, lead nurses, but the nurses never reported up to nursing for the main system. They reported up to the practice site manager and the physician. And they've changed the model where it's like nursing should report to nursing because no one else can talk about what we can and cannot do and advocate for us the way we can if you're not a nurse. <laughs> and so my role as a nurse manager is new. Um, that's why I have five sites because they're kind of trialing this. But with that, I get to develop the charge nurses at these different sites because I'm not on site physically every day. 
And so the the excitement about this job and taking this on full time, even though I'm a business owner, is because I'm still doing the same thing. It's professional development and growth. And because no one's done it before, I can make it however I want to make it. I can create this this position and this role to be however I want it to be because I'm not going to be the traditional nurse manager. <laughs> you yeah. know, like we think management and we think bad, we think toxic, we think unit culture, we think all these things. But for me, I get to do what I want with it, which is like, this is such an amazing case study. I can literally take everything that I've been teaching and saying and put it to practice legitimately and have some outcomes. And I can say, look, in guy, real time. Yeah. <laughs> all this theory talk that I was talking about, yeah. I did it and look at and look at the outcomes and the metrics. And I have KPIs for myself, for my team, for everybody. And so that's really why I took the job. So is this your first management position? It's not right. No, it's not. I was a nurse director last year for a school district out here, yeah. where I, but I did that for a couple months and I was like, why did I do this? <laughs> Yeah, I've had a couple of those. <laughs> this was not a smart move. I, you, I, it was a school district. So I'm thinking summer's off, holidays, right. days, snow days. And I'm like, but it's the middle of COVID. And, yeah. and so that's really all I did was COVID stuff. I was like basically a public health community nurse. And I, and I didn't like that. What's your view on uh, some of the leadership models just currently in existence? I'm curious. We, I remember when we were building um, my last clinic, we uh, went around, did several site visits around the country. And one of the models that we found that was uh, somewhat innovative, not, not, I wouldn't call it innovative. I would just call it new to healthcare was to have a dyad leadership model at the top, which was, you know, usually to have a physician. And then like you were talking, somebody medical, somebody business. But mm-hmm. what was interesting was that it was always a physician in the dyad leadership. It was never a nurse. Mm-hmm. And when I, when we created our leadership structure, we had a, um, uh, we called it a medical director role, both for our pediatric practice and for our women's practice. I was our medical director for the women's practice. And then we had a physician who was the medical director for peds. And then we had a, um, administrative counterpart and that mm-hmm. was our kind of leadership structure. Mm-hmm. It was interesting though. Cause I think that without having, you know, uh, now in our practice, we had a lot of, uh, advanced practice nurses and we, for the women's side, at least ran, 60 to 65% of all visits. I mean, two out of three visits were, you know, uh, bills were submitted as an advanced practice nurse. And Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was interesting because if I hadn't been there in that role, I don't know that we would have been represented in the way that we were. And I, and I kind of wonder whether or not we're at a point of moving in that direction, because I think we're the majority of systems are still in a very traditional role, which is that you have somebody who's business, and then you have somebody who's medicine, medical, and the, the one, once in a blue moon, you get a system that, you know, will promote a traditionally white, uh, like either uh, cardiologist or, uh, you know, into the role of being CEO. But I, I don't know. I haven't yet seen nursing kind of come into that model and have its presence as I've seen it happen for physicians. What do you think? I agree that there seems to be a change in tide a little bit. Um, the health system that I work for out here in Philadelphia is huge. And they they have a senior 
um, director of nursing for their primary care sites and have now gone to this triad leadership where there's a nurse manager, a practice manager, and a lead physician. Yeah. And you're right that it traditionally was always an operations manager and then a medical director, because even now I've been in this role for almost two months and I still have to remind people to have having you know conversations yeah. and I don't think it's because I'm new I think it's because they feel like I'm not needed in these conversations oh and, interesting yeah so it's not even like oh we forgot that tip is here let's share the invite it's more like where we're talking about practice operations you don't you're just you're just a manager of nurses I'm like but if you if no nurse showed to work, you would have no visits. You realize that, right? Like right. If you have no flow with your nursing staff <laughs> from an operational standpoint, you have if no you, clinic. If you, and, and the, and the, and the nurses are doing all the medication and vaccine ordering because it's peds, right? So majority of the work that we do is nurse visits because of vaccinations and f- completing health forms and, um, and newborn well visits or newborn weight checks or, you know, mom is breastfeeding and am I doing it right? So she comes in to see the nurse or, so it's a lot of triage. Triage is all nursing. And so I'm not sure why you would think that I shouldn't be a part of operations or at least have situational awareness. If I don't have anything to add to the conversation, I should at least have situational awareness so that I can communicate to my team so that my team knows what's going on. But that's because people are not used to transparent communication. Yeah. And it's very much, well, this is what we're doing. This is how we've always done it. And so here I come ruffling feathers. Well, why do you do it that way? Can you show me like the effectiveness and the efficacy? And so now it's like, who is this lady? So uh, not, only this am I, lady? Yep. not only am I young and I'm black, but I question everything yep. and I, and I, and this is a new position. So I have all these strikes against me and I love it. I have like, this, is, this is where I strive because, because I'm kind of like, watch me work, like watch me work. Give me 12 months. Watch me work. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah. Good for you. I, I think it's hard to go if you don't have a, a, a either a natural constitution like that or a mindset of steel around like, this is what I'm here to do. And mm-hmm. ruffle the feathers can get ruffled all they may. And it's just not a problem. I'm still going to be asking questions. I mean, that's a, that is a, a mindset that is, uh, you know, so important, I think for so many nurse leaders, do you, I wonder just out of your, you know, your experience with uh, nurse leadership in particular, uh, where you find that they struggle the most. Cause I have a, a understanding what I see my clients go through, but I'm curious, what's, what's the, uh, the area where your new nurse leaders struggle kind of where you see them, them struggle the most. Um, maintaining their relationships and coming into a position of authority where they feel like it's going to hinder their relationships. And so a lot of my lead nurses and charge nurses worked at the sites as staff nurses, and then they got promoted with this new model because it's five sites and I physically cannot be at five sites. I want the medical assistants, phlebotomists, nurses, LPNs, everybody to report to the charge nurse. And then the charge nurse will report to me, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. that is that is how I am turning this around. What I'm finding in putting these nurses in a leadership position is that they have a fear of neutrality. They have a fear of um, uh, messing their relationships that they have. We were both buddy, buddy staff nurses. And now 
I'm declining your PTO. You know, now I'm telling you that you have to do this. Now I'm doing your eval. Now I have to have a conversation with you about code of conduct. And now I have to delegate to you. And there is some uneasiness with that. Um, and so I tell them, you will never do any of that alone. I am here to help you, but you are the first stop, right? Before it gets to me, you are the first stop. And so I'm finding that it is natural to promote nurses into leadership positions because of their clinical skills and their years of service. It is not natural to help nurses become leaders with coaching and with like legitimate curriculum on leadership and yeah. what that looks like, managing people <laughs> and what that looks like. Um, so that's not always uh, apparent in nursing, how it is in other industries. I think we have a, uh, I think we have a culture of um, passive aggressive behaviors. I think we have a culture of um, a discomfort around direct communication. Uh, we certainly have a culture of, I think, some people pleasing and accommodating. And some of those, and I, I'm not, I don't mean to judge or shame anybody for it. I've done my fair share of people pleasing and, and accommodating. Uh, and, and that served me for a time, right? Like I'm working with a, in a, uh, you know, as a, either a first assist or working as a, a circulator or a scrub nurse in an operating room. And I have a, a physician who is, um, demanding and, and we have a case to run and I'm there, right. I, I am in a role to be accommodating to help the mm -hmm. case to progress and to help it get in the OR and get out of the OR, right. With minimal, uh, issues. Uh, but I think we, I think for the many of the the clinicians that I see and many of the nurses that come into our program, I mean, I am always surprised by how we are the people pleasing really can just uh, become so avoidant in terms of calling out bad behaviors, not only labeling, labeling them in ourselves, but also being willing to have the discomfort of sitting with someone and to hold space for their discomfort around the fact that, you know, they did something against the code of conduct, mm -hmm. you know, and that is the, I think I've been around, I could count on one hand, the number of nurse leaders I have been around where I have thought, wow, this is a nurse leader who bucks the trend of everything because she holds people accountable. Right. And, and it's a, it is not something I think that, that, uh, many of us have learned. And I think we have learned in a very like different way to be super accommodating and to not say the thing. Uh, and I think it harms us to no degree. And I think when we get promoted into these places, you know, it's the first thing to show up, which is this, like either avoidance of all of the heavy emotions or avoidance of having to do the hard thing or say the hard thing. Um, that's where I see a lot of the struggle. Yeah, I agree with you. I know. So what that looks like for me in my role is even the practice manager, the site manager won't hold a nurse accountable for fear that the nurse would leave. And if the nurse leaves, then we're going to be short staffed. And I'd rather not be short staffed. And so I'm not going to say anything. So this nurse feels enabled, you know, to continue with the behavior, continue with whatever, because no one's holding them accountable. And to me, it's like, I'd rather be short staff and know that the staff that we do have left behind is a solid staff. You know, it's a staff that's dependable. It's a staff that we can, um, we can count on and then find someone that can backfill this position that will fit into the new culture that we are having. I am not going to hold my mouth because of fear of hurting your feelings and that you're going to quit. 
if that's the case, then you shouldn't have been here. Um, and if you feel some type of way about me telling you about something you did that wasn't code of conduct anyway, right? Like this is your 15th lateness. This is your 17th absence. This is a no call, no show. This is, you know, inappropriate behavior talk. And I'm telling you that, and you have a problem with me telling you that, then we have a bigger issue. We have yeah. a much bigger issue and I'd rather you not be here. And so you're right. I do think there is this conditioning of passive aggressiveness that we have in nursing that is historical, that we now need to change and turn that tide, but it is not a, a innate behavior to, to hold someone accountable. That's something that needs to be learned and practiced. And then like, you have to be proficient in. Well, and I think too, you know, look, we come from, you can't like, I, I think of all the ways that I've been accountable as a nurse midwife, right? Like, a, or as a floor nurse, when I did back in the day and did L and D, I was accountable to my patients. If the med was due at eight o'clock, I gave them the med at eight o'clock or as close there to as I could, right? Like if the assessment was due at nine o'clock, I did the assessment as close to nine o'clock. My other role was to be accountable to the system and to make sure that I had appropriate documentation of it. So like, I don't even hold true, hold uh, this, this belief that, you know, we're not accountable. I also think we're accountable in about a million other ways in our lives when it comes down to making sure we get to Starbucks on the way to work or into McDonald's to grab the Diet Coke on the way to work. You're accountable to go into, you know, budgeting time for 10 minutes extra to go into the McDonald's line to get a Diet Coke. I'm pretty sure that you could be accountable to showing up on time. Right. And like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like I, I look at it and I'm like, guys, come on. Like my ego tells me that I don't want to hear from you about you telling me that I'm doing something not right. That's, that's what it is. We, you're right. We're accountable to a million and one other things. We will make the time to do what it is that we want to do. But when someone else calls out our perceived flaws, we have a problem with that. And that goes to me is domain one in emotional intelligence, which is self-awareness. No one should be able to come to me and tell me something that I don't already know about myself. And so that when you do come to me and tell me something, I take that as, okay, thank you. My shadows are showing. Like that's how I take it. But I already knew about these shadows. Now I have to do some readjustment. What is happening in my life where my shadows are showing? Why don't I have a handle on myself? Why is my energy down? Why do I have an attitude? Why am I coming off cross as a negative Nancy? I appreciate the feedback. It's a gift. Now, what do I do with this and how do I readjust? But because people lead with their egos, they take that as you're talking about me. You don't like me. You have a problem with me. And instead of looking at the message, they're looking at the messenger and then the whole thing goes kaput, right? And so now you want to leave. You want to quit your job because you don't like what your manager said or you don't like it. And it's like, but deep down inside, they were right. Maybe how they said it, maybe when they said it, maybe why they said it, you have a problem with. But there's still something to be said where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, But no one looks at that part. (laughs) No one goes down a little bit deeper. We kind of stay, we stay superficial with the feedback and the accountability. But with all that said, there is a responsibility that we have for ourselves to say, did I show up as my best self in this moment? And if I didn't, then I shouldn't be surprised that someone is holding me accountable to my behavior. I should be holding myself accountable to this behavior. But it's, it's passive aggressiveness, it's ego, um, it's the inability to be responsible for our own selves and to also feel like you're entitled to your feelings and your opinions. 
which you are, but that's not fact. You know, right. like I can feel how I want to feel and I can think how I want to think. That doesn't mean everyone has to acquiesce to me because of these feelings and thoughts. Or that I don't, from a professional standpoint, need to manage my own thoughts and emotions on a day-to-day basis because I've agreed to the terms of employment. Like, you know, oh, that I, too. Right? You like, I, my, you, you signed sign, that. <laughs> I say it all the time. I'm like, I'm like, you signed a contract and on a yearly basis, you sign compliance forms, you you sign off on the yes. fact that you understand where your policies and procedures are on your website. You uh you so you you even if joint commission is in the house, you even know you, your manager has prepped you on how to find the links for your yes. SLPs on yes. your intranet. So like, don't tell me that this has anything to do with, I love it. This is, I use this with my kids. This is a skill that I use with my children, which is like the terms of agreement are X, Y, and Z, which is why we have a family contract. And you signed on the dotted line on this family contract, which said you would shower once a day with (laughs) soap and brush your teeth. So look, you agreed to the terms. You agreed to the terms on this date. I feel sometimes I like channel. I feel like Ernest would be proud of me because I like show up. I'm like, you agreed to the terms. Look, mm-hmm. the only one that you are, you know, uh, the, the only thing that's being violated right now is you on your word because you agreed to these terms. You knew I'm, what the expectations were. I'm, I'm, it's not, it's the paper. You, you agreed. And then mm-hmm. I tell with nurses, I mean, even with the kids, I'm like, they don't even make money, but I'm like with the nurses, I'm like, you guys agreed to the terms. And then in response to that, you also receive a Q2 week paycheck in your you <laughs> receive money in your account because you agreed to the terms. But then we flip the script and I say, if I'm not, you're not held to, you know, you're, I hold you accountable to the terms and then you lose your shit because, you know, you get defensive because you yeah. feel a little bit wounded and you've not taken the time to, you know, be introspective and say, what's my responsibility in this situation? I mean, it's comical. It's like, come on guys, we can do better than that. We really can, as, as grown women, as grown adults, I, you know, we're talking to 16 year olds or 12 year olds and my kids, like they don't have a developed prefrontal cortex. That does not apply to those of us who are 25 and older. It doesn't. That that's who came to me for a job. That's the other thing. I didn't come to your house and get you out of bed and put your scrubs on and bring you here. You came over here looking for employment and you agreed to the expectations and the conditions of these employment um things. And now that I'm telling you that you are not meeting the standard, you have a problem. Right. I think I didn't come to your house and wake you up and take you out your bed. So I mean, I love it. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I think. I think uh, the people that are in your group that you're managing, what a joy it must be to have you just as someone who listens and who shows up. I think, you know, we call it either neutral or clean in our program, like showing up clean, right? Like I'm not coming in with negative emotions. I'm not coming in with super positive emotions. I just show up clean Mm -hmm. and neutral and ready to listen, to hold space to, and, and I don't avoid or react to any of the feelings, you know, that either based off the thoughts that come up in my own head or based on the ones that I receive from others. And I think it's a, it's a vastly different approach to nursing than, you know, many people are experiencing right now. So I think your team's lucky to have you. I mean, that's my personal opinion in general, but thank you. Thank um, you. Tell people we'll wrap it up. I know you got to get to your huddle. Tell me, uh, and please share if you would, 
how people can reach you if they have interest or if they want to find the article in Oprah, or if they want to find Forbes 40 under 40 or any <laughs> of the other amazing places where you have been highlighted for your tremendous contributions, where can they find you, please? Yeah. So I spend a lot of my time on Instagram. So people can find me um, on social at New Nurse Academy. And that's for all social Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn as well as uh, Tiffany E. Gibson. And uh, my website is newnurse-academy.com. And all the services that I offer and ways to connect and work with me are all there as well. Okay. Very good. All right. Just last, any, any tips, you know, somebody's going to come along here and you've given so many pearls, I think during this conversation. So thank you for that. Any last tips on for any of our budding entrepreneurs or any of our, uh, budding nurse leaders, like anything that you think is important for them to know? Yeah, absolutely. I would say do not go into leadership and business because you're running away from being a staff nurse. I think um, a lot of people are wanting to have this sense of freedom and autonomy and independence. And they think that being a leader and being an entrepreneur is the answer. But if you do not fix what it is that is that is telling you to run away from the bedside or repelling you from the bedside, that's going to show up some way somehow in your leadership position and in your business. It really is. And so for me, it's the emotional intelligence of it all. And it starts with self-awareness. Who do you want to serve? How do you want to serve? And then how can you be accountable to yourself? Um, you've heard me talk about how my business has gone through so many reiterations and really was because of how I felt, right? What was my energy and how did I want to show up as my best self to provide high value to the people who pay me, but for me to still show up with a smile on my face and not begrudgingly just because you paid me. Um, and so you really have to think about that. How are you aligned with the work that you're doing? And just because you own a business or you have titles doesn't mean that you're making impact. It doesn't. Ooh, amen. Lord. Nope. <laughs> not the that's title. A whole other, that's a whole nother podcast for yeah. another day. It's not, it's not it. the title. Mm -mm. Because nope. people think because they have a title and they have keys hanging off their badge and they have an office that it, it all of a sudden they just became a whole new person. It's oh like you didn't. Yep. That's a whole nother podcast. I'll bring you back on to have a conversation about that one. Um, I, I love it. All right. Go find Tiff. If you don't know Tiff, you need to know Tiff and you need to see what she's doing. So go find her, go connect with her and um, share what she's doing. It is so vital to, I think, the growth and development of our entire profession. I appreciate you, Tiff, for all that you do. Thank you yeah. for coming on and having a conversation with this community. I appreciate you. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, I look forward to the next, the next conversation. All right. Hey, if you're ready to live the good life, I want to invite you to join Nurses Living the Good Life, my group coaching program for women advanced practice nurses, where you're going to learn how to do good work in the world and do well for yourself using my proven formula, a coach approach. Best part, it's risk-free. You're either going to learn how to create your version of the good life or I'll give you your money back. Just head over to www.nurseslivingthegoodlife.com and we'll see you inside.